Hey everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Tea Time with Mr. Belvedere, a Mr. Belvedere podcast. I know it's been a few months since the last time I covered an episode, but last time I covered Spot from Season 5, and this time I'm covering the episode Fixed from Season 6, which is kind of a continuation centered around Wesley's dog Spot. So, if you know the title Fixed, you can easily guess what this is going to be about. This is episode 8 from season 6, which aired on November 29th, or 25th, excuse me, 1989. When a woman claims that Wesley's dog is harassing hers and worried that he might impregnate her dog, which she plans to breed, they instruct Wesley to have his dog fixed, which he tells him, which he tells them they him they did okay but when the woman returns with puppies she claims were sired by wesley's dog wesley has to find homes for them um george got that dog from a shelter and i can tell you very clearly that when i got a dog uh delilah from the shelter when i was 13 14 you had to you had like a week or maybe two tops where you had to get the dog fixed you had to bring in proof from the vet to the animal shelter. That's how that worked. So why was that dog not fixed? This episode's got a 7.9 out of 10 based on 14 ratings. It was directed by Don Corvin. Writers Frank Dungan, the creator. Jeff Stein, the creator. Gwen Davenport, based on the character Belvedere, created by. And Jeffrey Farrow, F-E-R-R-O, was written by. Alright, there's no trivia, no goofs, none of that stuff. So let's just jump right in the cold open here. We are in the living room, and the door opens. And Belvedere and Marsha come in. They clearly whipped someone's butts playing basketball. And we find out just who, as Wesley is carrying his father, George, in. Like, George has got an arm slung around Wesley's shoulders, and he's, like, Wesley's, like, bent over with the weight of his father. Like, ugh, ugh. So, in season six, looks like Marsha is rocking the perm look for this season. Which, it's not bad, it's cute. It's more like a crimped, permed look, actually. And I know that George is like, how did you learn how to dunk, Belvedere? And Belvedere is like, oh, something about stilts or whatever. And Wesley makes a joke about how, oh, I think you learned to dunk at Donut World, like dunking donuts. <laughs> Kevin comes in, and they're like, hey, Kevin, what's up? Why are you here? Because, you know, Kevin's got his own apartment. Heather comes down, and she says, well, they are going to go thrifting at antique stores, garage sales, just kind of getting stuff for Kevin's apartment. George mentions that there's a lot of crap in the attic that he could probably go through that, you know, he just wants to get that shit out of there, which is understandable. And Kevin mentions a horse with a clock in its stomach. And Marcia says, well, that actually was a wedding gift. So Kevin and Heather exits, and we hear... And they're like, and George is like, is that old Spot? And Marshall's like, well, what have we told you, Wes, about letting him outside without a leash? And Wesley's like, well, he always comes back in time for Lassie. It's fine. Is it really? 
It's the suburbs in Pittsburgh. I'm pretty sure there was a leash law even then that you had to obey. I lived in the country. My dogs weren't on leashes. They just came and went as they pleased. They never hurt anybody. They never bit anybody. None of that stuff. They were ger- they, they were not German Shepherds. <laughs> they were uh, Black Labs. Both, both females. Elvira we had when I was... Well, definitely, but probably even before I was two, she had two litters of puppies. They did eventually get her fixed, and she would have passed when I was, like, 12. And then I got Delilah from the animal shelter when I was 13. And she lived to be, I think, she was still alive when I turned 20. So, and she was already three years old when I got her, so... But they were both good, loyal dogs. They'd always go between our house and the farm, our grandparents' place, which was, like, just across the field. So, apparently Spot is chasing Grandma Huffnagel. These are the neighbors you always hear about, but you never see them. Grandma Huffnagel's got a walker, and she is really hustling her hiney. And Belvedere and... George are both watching from the doorway, like, oh my gosh, look at her go! Oh, look at her, she's gonna clear that hedge, whoa! Like, oh, she must have swallowed her cigar, like, uh, okay. <laughs> so that granny can go and she can smoke cigars, good for her. So that was pretty much the cold open, and then we get this accelerated, fast piano piece. Like, boom, and it's done. <laughs> So now we're in the kitchen. Belvedere's at the kitchen counter, you know, the stove, making dinner. And Wesley comes in with Spot. Clearly you know that dog. If that dog has not been fixed, he's going to be fucking whatever moves out there. So, ladies, peoples, get your females fixed. Put a diaper on them. Keep them in the house. You don't want to get impregnated by a dog that is not of the same breed if you want to breed your dog. Keep them inside. Wesley, fix your dog. So, Belvier yells at Wesley, and he says, Has your dog... I had to remind... I had to replay it, like, did I hear him right? I thought Belvedere asked, Did your dog pee on this kitchen counter? He's like, No, has your dog been on this kitchen counter? Because there's clearly paw prints in the, in the cheesecake that he's got there. I'm sorry, it's carrot cake. It's not cheesecake. So, Wesley gets a draft, like, all right, Spot, let's take you for a walk. And then he goes to go out the door. Belvedere's like, uh, Wesley, are you forgetting something? And Wesley's like, oh, yeah, the leash. I forgot. I'm happy that they don't got to put me on a leash. And, of course, Belvedere makes a joke, like, well, yeah, but we'd all be safer if you were on one. So, as he's going out the door with Spot, Kevin comes in. He's got a cardboard box full of crap. One thing that only cost a quarter, and they're like, I don't know what this thing. It is one of the, I want to find out the proper term, because I swear I've used one of these cool things. You've seen commercials for it. It was big in the 90s, late 80s. Or maybe it was, this is 89, and apparently this thing has already been forgotten, because they don't know what the heck it is. I mean, I get Belvedere doesn't know, but Kevin, come on. I've looked it up. It looks like it says Pogo Ball, whether that might have been the official name for it. I'm not sure. It might be. There are some out there available, which, I mean, it's a form of fitness, so. But it's like, come on, seriously? How do you not know? Like, I don't know, but I got it for a quarter. Come on. So one thing that Heather and Kevin did pick up, well, Heather picked up, is this chair that Belvedere sees it, and he says it's a Chippendales chair from, like, the 18th century. 
So I looked it up, and it says that it's an 18th century Gothic Chippendales chair that there's a few others that are similar to it that run right around, like, $6,000, which... Belvedere knows his stuff, you know, if he recognizes something from England, then it's got to be worth it. He, he's really into those, like, antiques and stuff. He knows when something is worth money. So he tells him if it can be restored, it could be worth several thousand dollars. So, um, well, if, that's a big if, as long as it's, you know, in good condition and everything. I mean, maybe it might need to be, like, reupholstered, I don't know. Heather says she only paid five bucks for it, which that's not bad. If you make, th like, $3,000 off a refurbished chair, go for it. So Heather's making big plans for this money that she's not even seeing yet. A car, a condo, and I couldn't even make out what... It sounded like Apple Lady, but I'm not sure what that is. I'm sure I misheard her. But it's like, I don't think you're getting that kind of money for it. <laughs> I can tell you that much. A condo... Do you know how much a condo costs? A lot of money, Heather. A lot of money. So, of course, this leads Heather and Kevin to get into an argument because he loaned Heather the five bucks. He basically says, that chair is mine. And she's like, hey, it was my idea to go garage sale shopping anyway. Belvedere breaks it up, says, hey, why don't you refurbish the chair, fix it up, restore it, and then split the profits. So I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that. It's like, well, stop your bitching. Just come up with a solution. Belvedere sounds like it has a good one. Split the profits. And we can move on with their lives, because this is clearly going to be plot B. Plot A is going to be Wesley and his dog banging every female in the neighborhood and knocking them up. Now we move to the living room where George and Marsha are sitting on the couch together, and he's like, ballet, opera, ugh, 64 channels, and there's nothing good on. I don't know, that almost sounds like it would be right up Marsha's alley. Well, we know it would probably be up Belvedere's alley. You know he likes that stuff. So Marsha turns the television off and says, well, you know what, why don't we just talk? I'd be like, you two aren't a talking couple. You're definitely not a talking couple that just like, hey, let's turn the TV off and just like talk about stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Jeremy doesn't even want to talk about stuff. I usually have to like really practically beg him into talk, especially when it's something important. Because if he ever says, I need to talk to you, then there is a serious problem. Something is wrong. Luckily, that rarely ever happens. Thank you. So, George takes Marsha's words, I want to talk, let's talk, to I'm going to jump your bones on this couch right now. I don't care who's in the living room. George has got to be in his 50s by now. you got to get it when you can get it. Remember when Marsha was on steroids? <laughs> or she was on... What, what he was on some strong medic like pills popping those pills and I think it was season three and she was jumping his bones probably every night while she was on those pills because she's like oh hi honey you're home and he's like oh what do you want now like she fucked his brains out she really fucked his brains out <laughs> now he's returning the favor <laughs> so Wesley comes in with spot and then some fancy pants lady who looks like she's never smiled a day in her life <laughs> and he's like hey mom dad and george is kind of waving him off like go do your homework like you are not having sex on that couch you are not having sex on that couch you have a bedroom go do it no um apparently this lady's dog poodle or whatever it is that she plans to breed 
has been impregnated by Wesley's dog. And I believe they do bring up to the point, like, you were supposed to get this dog fixed, Wesley. Now, why haven't you done that? Why are you leaving it to the kid to get the dog fixed? That costs a lot of money. I know nowadays there are places that you can go where uh, veterinarians, like, volunteer their time and do it on the cheap. But it's like, personally, I'd rather pay the four, three or four hundred dollars and have it done by a... By a, a, I don't want to say a real vet, but just, I trust a business maybe more than someone who's volunteering. I don't know. I mean, I'll just call it peace of mind for myself. Everyone's, you know, they can do however they want to do when it comes to getting their pets fixed. Actually, speaking of neutering, because I follow the um, uh, Golden Retriever group, and they're saying stuff about how, because there's been like a lot of, you know, cancer that's been leaked to, you know, the Golden Retriever breed, and a lot of it seems to be people that are possibly getting their, I think it might not just be with the male dogs, but also the females, but they're saying maybe to wait at least a year or two years, or maybe just not do it at all, to save them for the risk of getting cancer at a young life, so. I still would like to get a Golden Retriever one day, but I'm just so worried about I've just been hearing so many people having so many issues w with the breed, and I know it probably depends on the breeder you go with, but I just am really, really hesitant. I mean, I'm not getting a dog today or anything. Um, more than likely, I'm hoping for maybe at least a couple to a few years down the road. I have three pets right now, so I, I as much as I would love a dog... I really, I don't have the time right now, and I just, I have so many other things going on, so. In, in the cards, hopefully when I'm maybe some time between the ages of 40 and 45, so. I want to be able to have the time to devote to said dog. Because they say, like, a puppy is like having a baby, and I've never had a baby before. I've had a kitten, and, I mean, they require some, you know, attention and stuff like that, but unlike with the dog. But let's get back to this episode. Well, the lady kind of breaks it off like, I don't have any homework. And George and Marcia immediately, like, he gets off of her. They get off the couch. They straighten their clothes. They introduce themselves. And she says that Wesley's dog has been hanging around her yard, eyeing her prized poodle, Fifi. Why does every, it seems like every poodle, fancy poodle in a TV show, always has to be named either Princess or Fifi or some foofy, foofy name like that. I want to play this clip because this is funny. The ladies, well, George makes a joke about, well, maybe he wanted to buy her a drink first or something. And the lady says that she paid $800 in stud service, which I know George is going to make a joke on that. No, she wanted to, then why don't, if you want to breed your dog, great, wonderful. If your dog is in heat, you need to keep your dog inside and keep a diaper on it. If you don't want it being around other dogs, especially around that time. If the dog's in heat, it's outside, male dogs are going to flock to it like dogs on a stake or flies on a stake or a rib roast or whatever. So I'm going to play this clip. Opera, ballet, Shakespeare. Jeez, 64 channels and there's nothing decent to watch. <laughs> well, why don't we just talk? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mom, Dad. <laughs> Go do your homework. I don't have any homework. <laughs> you see, I'm sorry. I don't think we've met. I'm Marcia Owens, and this is my husband. Uh, this isn't a social call. I found your dog in my yard, hanging around my prize poodle, Fifi. Well, maybe you wanted to buy her a drink. <laughs> you don't seem to understand. I've paid over $800 in stud service. Then why are you in such a bad mood? I'm warning you. I don't ever want to see that unmannered, ill-bred little runt of yours in my yard again. And that goes for you too, Spot. You love. <laughs> Belvedere comes down while this lady is like, I don't want to see that ill-bred, like, rascal dog in my yard again. Then keep your damn dog in the fucking house. I mean, Spot is a male dog. If he wants to go out there and, and fuck a dog that's not wearing a diaper because she's in heat, then he's going to fuck a dog with not wearing a diaper while she's in heat. That's just how it's going to be. If you gave half a shit about your dog, like you apparently seem to say that you do with all this rambling and ranting, your dog would not be in the predicament that she later winds up being in. Would she? No. But, of course, Belvedere gets, like, half the convert, the, the rant, so he's like, and that goes for you, too, Spot, because he thinks the lady's talking about Wesley. No, Wesley's not fucking her dog. <laughs> so now we get to the B story with Kevin and Heather and this chair that they want to refurbish and make money off of. And I gotta say, guys, when I started recording this episode sometime in 2018, it's now... Almost February 2020, so it's been such a long time since I first, I can't remember when I first brought this episode up. It's so long ago. So it looks like it's possibly the next day, and Wesley comes in with Spot tucked under his arm and says that you should have seen Spot take off after Fifi. Dad chased him through the a parking lot, the duck pond, and found them in a garbage dump. Ew. Say, lady, keep your damn dog inside. Say, she don't give a rat's crack about her dog. Uh, Wesley, you need to get that dog fixed. Like, snip, snip, chop, chop. As George comes in in gray sweatpants and a sweatshirt. And he's got, like, a banana peel to show that he's been, like, in the in a dumpster digging for his do Wesley's dog. Like, is this lady, like, going to sue you or something if your dog, like, comes onto her property? Or what is the deal here? What power does this woman actually have? So Wesley's like, I'm sorry, Dad. Spot's out of control. He's in love with Fifi. And Belvedere's like, well, I wouldn't call it love. It's baguette. And, of course, George is like, what is with you uptight English? Just say what you mean. And Belvedere's like, okay, George, you're an idiot. And you see that, here's the audience go, whoa, yeah! And then someone's like, yeah. <laughs> so Marsha, of course, is like, you know, we really should get him fixed. And Belvedere looks at George like, yeah, you probably should. So Marsha's like, I was talking about Spot. And Wesley is like, what do you mean, get him fixed? Um, basically, he's not going to have any testicles, is what she's insinuating. I Do you want her to draw you a picture? He will be sans ball sack. How's that sound? 
So, Marsha gives the G-rated version, just saying, like, Spot won't be so wild and he won't be able to make puppies. He won't be running around as much. And George is like, oh, and he won't be so interested in Belvedere's leg. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Ew. Why is he just interested in Belvedere's leg? Why are they leaving it up to Wesley to take him to get his balls chopped off? Because he's like, oh, come on, Spot, I'll take you to the vet. Come on, boy. Or when I, at least not, I can still call you that for the time being. So he'll be singing soprano. I mean, come on. But who's paying for it, Wesley? That stuff ain't cheap. They didn't have clinics back then that would uh, do a reduced fee. Or if they do, it's going to be a chop job and not a clean one. So I'm going to play this clip. Boy, you should have seen it. Spot got beefy and took off. Dad chased him across the park, through the duck pond, and finally caught him in the garbage dump. <laughs> My, George, you look dog-tired. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. Spot's not in control. He's in love with Fifi. <laughs> oh, well, they don't be silly. Dogs don't fall in love. They, well, they, uh, beget. <laughs> beget? Mm -hmm. What is it with you British? You're so uptight and proper. Why don't you just come out and say what you mean? Very well. You're an idiot. You know, we really should get him fixed. Good idea. <laughs> what do you mean, get him fixed? Oh, well, it's an operation, honey. And afterwards, Spot won't be able to make puppies. And he won't be so interested in Belvedere's leg. <laughs> Okay, I guess this is for your own good. Come on, boy. Well, I can still call you that. All right, so now we go out to the garage, and we get a little text at the bottom that says, three months later, 21 doggy months. So clearly, he fucked Fifi another time, and she got knocked up with his puppies. Let me tell you, when we see these puppies, they look nothing like Spot. They look like, what is it, like, it's like a, a papillion or something like that? With the, I'll have to look that up. So, let me get over this dang chair thing. This is a stupid plot, B. Apparently they've been working on it for three months, refinishing it, and Kevin wants to sell it, but of course Heather's too attached from all the work that they put into it. And she named it, like, Penelope. I'm like, are you insane? That's a chair. You sit in it. It has no feelings. It's an inanimate object. So George comes down. It looks like he's getting ready to go to work. Granted, he's in a shirt, tie, and just his boxers. Because he's waiting for Belvedere to get done with his pants. Did he spill something on them? So... It's like, can you please give me my pants? Because the doorbell rings, and George is like, all right, all right, hold on, let me put my pants on and zip up real quick before you open the door. And it's that damn woman again with the dang dog, and she's got a cardboard box filled with little papillion, what looked like adult-sized papillion dogs, not puppies. But I guess they wanted to get something closely related to Spot. Because they don't look like a poodle either, if that's what Fifi was. Like a toy poodle. The... Pillion French for butterfly ear, also called the Continental Toy Spaniel, is a breed of dog of the Spaniel type, one of the oldest of the Toy Spaniels. It derives its name from its characteristic butterfly-like look. 
<clears throat> the long infringed hair on the ears. A papillion with dropped ears is called a phalin, which translates to moth in French. Looks like a male weighs anywhere from 8 to 10 pounds, a female is 7 to 9. Their height, male 8 to 11 inches, female also 8 to 11 inches. Coat, straight, long, fine, single-haired. Color, white with patches of anything but liver. Lifespan is 12 to 15 years. The temperament of papillions is happy, friendly, adventurous dogs. They are not shy or aggressive. Papillions make excellent family dogs, but should be watched around little children, as should any dog. Due to a small child's lack of understanding of a dog's behavior, the likelihood that they will do something to upset the dog. Given the intelligence of papillions, they should also be given rigorous training and mental stimulation to prevent behavioral issues arising from boredom. Alright. Let's see about the health. Papillions have only minor health concerns, although peculiar luxations, seizures, dental problems can be issues. Additionally, they can be at risk for progressive retinal atrophy, interventral disc disease, and allergies. Play will take care of a lot of their exercise needs, however, with all breeds, play is not sufficient for all exercise. Daily walks or runs are an excellent way to exercise the papillion. They also enjoy a good romp in a safe open off-leash area, such as large bench yard. Papillions are a very active breed of dog, enjoying a job, having a job to perform. Papillion breeders recommend dog agility, rally obedience, over your obedience training, because of their intelligence and level, history, or energy level. So she comes in with like four or five puppies uh, that are all trying to get out of that cardboard box she's holding. And Marsha just luckily, oh, I wonder if that's, um... Is it Eileen Graff or Irene? Eileen Graff probably just loves puppies. Who doesn't love puppies? George, of course, George apologized. Like, oh, sorry to keep you waiting. I didn't have my pants on. Ew. Of course, she makes a joke in regards to Spot as she says, oh, it must run in the family. Well, dogs don't normally wear pants. Your dog, on the other hand, needs to be wearing a diaper and this whole thing would have been taken care of. This lady's a bitch! She's see, these ugly, squirmy little trolls belong to you. Like, I would err punch her in the face. Luckily, I think this is where Marsha's gonna finally, like, Lady, you need to get the fuck out of my house before I throw you through that door. If I ever see your skank-ass dog hanging around my dog, uh, there's gonna be issues. So the lady's like, I warned you this would have happened if you kept your, if you hadn't kept your dog out of my yard. And of course... Why am I blanking on her name? <laughs> Marsha, 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 yes. Uh, she's like, our spot in your Fifi? I don't think that's possible. Our son took the dog to get it fixed, or get him taken care of. And the lady is all like, do you want to videotape? I'm like, why? Do you videotape your dog getting fucked by another dog? I mean, it's just doggies gone wild. I mean, no, I don't want to videotape. I'm sure you were taking accurate notes watching your dog get banged by Spot. <sighs> you weirdo. So, Wesley comes in again with Spot tucked under his arm like it's a football. And, of course, Marsha's like, look, Wesley had Spot neutered before Fifi went into heat for the umpteenth time. This is all on that lady! Like I said, keep your dog indoors during heat breeding season. Why are they leaving that responsibility to a 12-year-old boy to make sure the dog... Because they're like, you took Spot to the vet, did you not? 
Wesley's like, uh, yeah, sure, I did. I did take him to the vet. But apparently he didn't get him fixed. Because Spot apparently knew what he was there for. He's like, please, please, don't let them take my balls. So Marsha pretty much gives this lady what for. It's like, you have no right to come in here and call my son deceitful and dishonest and duplicitous because he's not. I know my son. And, of course, we cut to Belvedere's, like, rolling his eyes like, oh, jeez, Marsha, seriously, Mrs. Owens? Uh, we know your son. We know he's all of these things you're saying he's not. So Wesley admits this spot never got fixed. He says, I took him there, but he never had the operation. And Belvedere is like, oh, well, that's a Wesley I know. I love how Marsha apologizes, uh, smiles apologetically, like, <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, lady, your dog should be considered herself lucky. Spot's sperm is like liquid gold. Everybody who's anybody wants it for their dogs because just, I mean, if eBay were around, they'd be selling this dog's sperm on eBay. So I'm going to play this clip. Why, Mrs. Doug, do come in. Uh, sorry to keep you waiting. I didn't have my pants on. Must run in the family. These squirming, ugly little trolls belong to you. What? Oh, I warned you this would happen if you didn't keep that mutt of yours out of my yard. Our spot and your feces? No, I'm afraid that's impossible. What do you want, a videotape? <laughs> There's that four-legged Casanova. Mrs. Dodd, Spot was neutered right before Fifi went into heat. Yeah. Wes, you took him to the vet, right, Kim? Uh, yeah, I took Spot to the vet. <laughs> you see, if my son said he took the dog, then he took him. Uh, Mom. I mean, Wesley may be many things. Mom. But I will not have you marching in here only to suggest that my son is deceitful, duplicitous, or dishonest. It's simply not in his nature. <laughs> Mom, Spot never got fixed. What? I took him to the vet's office, but I didn't leave him there. He never had the operation. Now that's the Wesley I know. So the lady leaves the puppies with them, clearly, and Marsha wants to know why Wesley didn't take Spot to get fixed. Like, you were already there, why don't you just go through with it? Wesley's like, well, you know what Dad says. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's like, that's not, what? Oh my goodness. Maybe Marsha should have elaborated more on just like, oh, he won't, uh be so feisty anymore like how about doing this is going to solve our problem so that way we won't be having to chase after this dog just be happy they don't have a male cat that's unfixed because that's what you cannot get that out of your house that is that is there forever no matter how much you clean no matter what type of spray you use that smell is there forever so wesley explains like he took spot to the vet the lady was going to, the receptionist or whoever was going to take him back. And then Spot turned to Wesley and gave him the puppy dog eyes. Like, don't take me back, please. I'll do anything. And of course, Belvedere's like, well, I get, I understand that. So Kevin comes in like, oh, what's puppies? And George's like, yeah, uh, they're Spots. He made Whoopi with Fifi. Oh, of course, Kevin's got to congratulate Spot. Like, hey, way to go, macho pup. <laughs> Kevin would say that since he's not a virgin anymore. He lost to some 30-year-old lady who's almost old enough to be his mother. <laughs> I think they have him like season three or four. So of course Marcia just looks at Kevin like, oh my god, really? And he's like, oh, no, I mean bad spot. Bad, bad. <laughs> and Wesley thinks it's so simple just to 
stop him by keeping Spot on a leash and making sure he doesn't go any in, near any girl dogs. Buddy, you don't have control. You clearly you don't have control over your dog. Otherwise, none of this probably would have happened. Granted, it's a majorly the fault of the the Fifi's owner, but uh, yeah. So Marsha's like, no, just give me give me Spot. Here you go. Come on, Spot. We're going to the vet right now. We're gonna take you. Wow, what is this? Just a clinic? You just a walking clinic that you're like, here, my dog needs to be fixed. Here's five hundred dollars or however much it cost in 1991 or 1990 or 1989 to get spot fixed. I mean, they like see this like like, ma'am, um, you know you have to make an appointment. We don't have the staff here today to perform an operation like that. So Wesley turns to George and says, hey. What if it's against his religion? And George is like, well, dogs don't have a religion. And Belvedere says, well, what about St. Bernard's? Like, oh, my goodness. That was a crappy joke. Come on. So Belvedere tells Wesley that it's going to be up to him to find homes for the puppies. You know, you're going to have to take care of them. You know, walk them or uh, scoop their poop and all that good stuff. And it just looks like Bryce Beckham who plays Wesley. It's just, I like, he picked up like this black, like poodle one and it's just so cute. Wes, why didn't you get the dog fixed? Dad always said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> Look, I took him to the vet's office and the lady behind the counter was about to take him and then Spot, give me this look. What look? This look. Where's the, the dog was just nervous. And I don't blame him. Hi, guys. Hey, Kevin. Hey, who's puppies? Spot. He made whoopee with Fifi. Way to go, macho pup. <laughs> I mean, bad spot, bad. Look, from now on, I'll keep him on his leash, and I won't let him go near any girl dogs, I promise. Oh, guess again, mister. This dog's going to the vets right now. But, Mom, believe me, it's for the best. Well, what if it's against his religion? Hey, come on, pal. The dog's got a religion. What about St. Bernard's? <laughs> you know, you're going to have to find homes for these. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's going to be your responsibility to watch them, to feed them. And to scoop the poop. Do you understand? Don't worry, Mr. Belvedere. I'll take care of everything, I promise. Come on, Wes. I'll take you to school. Okay. See ya. I distinctly told you to stay in your box. Hmm? Are you trying to vex Mr. Belvedere? Hmm? Hey, Belvedere. Look who I found eating your ding-dongs. <laughs> he had that cream filling all over his face, just like you get. <laughs> Today has been a slice of heaven. Look at that one. That was pretty close. You almost made a puppy pancake. Thank you, George. I'm so relieved. Think how he feels. Hey, Dad. Hey, Mr. Belcher. Hey, you found homes for any of these dogs yet? Well, I asked around at school, but everybody I know already has a pet. Except Miss Ryan, who said if she wanted a hairy beast in bed, she'd get married again. Well, you better get with it, pal. I will. I guess these guys were in a lot of trouble today, huh? Yes, but I decided to look on the bright side, keep a positive attitude, and one day, get even. Oh, Wesley promises Belvedere he'll take care of everything. Like, don't worry about it. I'm on it. And Kevin's like, hey, Wes, I'll take you to school. And Wes, like, hands over the little black poodle puppy to Mr. Belvedere. Like, here you go, bye. 
So now the next scene, Belvedere has still got the cardboard box on the coffee table. He's got newspaper print on the couch, all over the floor. And he's got one of the puppies. He's like, hey, I told you to stay in your box. Where Some of them are in the cardboard box. One is prancing around on the newspaper-filled couch. And it just kind of makes me think, it's like, did Christopher Hewitt like working with the puppies? Because he looks like, oh my god, you're so cute. I love you puppies. Kiss, kiss. So George comes in with a black poodle puppy. He's like, hey, Belvedere, look who I found getting into your ding-dongs. He had that white cream all over his face like you get. <laughs> so I think there's like six puppies. And Belvedere goes to sit down as he's like, today's been like a slice of heaven. And he goes to sit down, and George's like, whoa, 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 look out. You almost made this little guy a puppy pancake. You almost sat on one of the puppies. Now you know you have too many puppies when you accidentally sit on one and you don't see it. So, so Wesley comes home from school. Is this the same day? Is this later in the week? I don't know. Because he's like, hey, Wesley, have you found any homes for these dogs yet? And Wesley's like, yeah, I mean, I asked around at school, but apparently everyone else has a dog already. And they don't want to take in another one. And I asked my teacher, and she said if she wanted to get into bed with a hairy beast, she'd get married again or something. That effect, like, excuse me? You don't take your dog to bed with you. I mean, unless you want to. I don't know. So George, of course, makes an idle threat. Like, buddy, get on top of this. Get these dogs out of my house. We already got one dog. We don't need a total of seven of them. So, yeah. Belvedere, of course, just wants some peace and quiet. So he goes out to visit the chair or sit in the chair that Heather and... Kevin had worked so hard on for the last, like, three to four months. And I think he ends up breaking it. Like, crap. So Kevin and Heather come out to the garage. And it's like, oh, hey, we want to test out the chair. I think someone's going to buy it from us. And Belvedere, of course, is like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't want to sit on this chair. It's too delicate. Basically, it's too pretty to sit on. You don't want to sit on it. So Kevin's like, this thing could take a bull elephant could sit in this chair. Okay. And Belvedere, like, makes like a train gets the heck out of there. Like, I don't want to be here when he falls on his ass and blames me for it. <laughs> so we see George in the living room talking to the black poodle puppy about probably, like, some sports thing. Because no one else in the family really cares about sports. George is a fanatic. And I think this puppy don't care either. Like, you are putting me to sleep. Okay, so Spot is back and he's sans balls. He's ballless, basically. And the doctor said, don't worry, he'll be fine. He'll up and about in a few days. Um, he's not wearing a cone, so if he wanted to get out of stitches, he could. So this is going to be later in the week, right? This isn't, I mean, this can't, is this the same day? Why do I get the feeling it's the same day? So I was like, hey, boy, you're supposed to take it easy for a little bit, for a couple days. And zip, up, Spot goes running up those stairs. So Wesley's like, glad, I, glad that's over. And George's like, well, it's not over. I mean, you got found, found homes for two of the puppies, but you still got these ones you got to deal with. And I get, is that a joke, the Larry Moe and Curly joke? Or um, did he actually name the three remaining? So George is like, why don't you run an ad in the paper, say something like, hurry up and adopt a mutt before it, squ- it gets squished under Belvedere's butt. Like, oh, that's creative. <laughs> So, an older couple come to see the puppies, and of course, when um, Belvedere opens the door, the lady's like, are you Wesley? And he just looks at them like, bite your tongue, miss. Like, how dare you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this clip. There's two outs. It's the bottom of the fifth, and Manny Sanguin steps to the plate. He starts scratching himself. 
That's something ball players and you guys have in common. So as he gets up to the plate, step Look, Seth, the vet said he's going to be fine. Now remember, boy, you're supposed to take it easy for a couple of days. Oh, too bad that's over. I don't think it's over. What about these guys? You mean Larry, Moe, and Curly? Yeah. You know, you found homes for only two of the puppies. So? So we can't keep them forever. What am I going to do? Well, maybe you could try running an ad in the paper. Huh? Well, you know, something catchy like hurry up and adopt a cute little mutt before it gets squashed under Belvedere's butt. I think I can top that. Hello, we've come about the ad for the puppies. Are you Wesley? Bite your tongue. Hi, Mr. Belvedere. Your ad has had quite a response. What did you say? Oh, nothing special. So where's the drawing for the cruise? What cruise? Well, it says, adopt a puppy and you could be the lucky winner of a free cruise to the Bahamas aboard the S.S. Belvedere. <laughs> Is that a big ship? I'm sorry, there is no cruise. It was just a ploy to get you here. But I've already bought my big tiki. Well, how about the free prizes? Yeah, the color TV, the satellite dish, my very own butler for a week. Wesley. Well, okay, okay. So there's no cruise and no prizes. But look at these puppies. Wouldn't you like to have one? Oh, come on, they're real cute. And they'll make really great pets. I'm so sorry about your bikini. Wesley, what made you do such a foolish thing? Look, I'm getting desperate. We have to find homes for these guys. Yes, well, that's no way to go about it. Mr. Belvedere, you're always good at stuff like this. What am I going to do? I honestly don't know. So, Wesley comes in after the old couple comes in and the, apparently he put in the ad something about adopt a puppy get entered into a drawing to win a cruise <clears throat> and the old lady's like oh i just bought my bikini apparently there's other people here because belver's like wow wesley your uh, ad created quite a group of people to come over what did you say and he's like oh not much but they mentioned the cruise and all this stuff and it's like Wesley, what did you put in that ad? Apparently, the old uh, gentleman reads the ad and it says, like, adopt a puppy, get entered in to win a cruise on the SS Belvedere. It's like, oh my god. Of course, the old man's wife is like, oh, is that a big ship? It's like, bite your tongue, woman. Apparently, there's also consolation prizes, like a color TV, satellite dish, and the lady is, like, running her finger up and down Belvedere's arm as she says, a free butler for a week. So Belvedere gets the gist of what this scam is. Like Wesley, as he opens the door, and Wesley's like, all right, all right, all right. There's no cruise, there's no contest, but look at these puppies. Don't you want to adopt one of them? And apparently nobody does, which is sad. And Wesley has no idea what to do. Like, Mr. Belvedere, you're always so good at these things. What do I do? And Belvedere's like, I I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. So apparently Wesley's last hope is to take them to the animal shelter. And sadly, this is one of those 
It's not a no-kill animal shelter. This is in, what, 1990, 1989? I don't know how many of those would have been around at the time. So, apparently there's two puppies left. The black poodle puppy and then the little papillion-looking puppy. And Wesley brings a cardboard box and and the lady's like, oh, you found some strays, huh? And he said, well, no, not exactly. My dog, like, banged another dog who was in heat. And, well, this is the uh, product of their love. Oh, there's three of them, because he's like, there's Larry, Moe, and Curly. Like, oh, I thought there was just two. I guess the other one's, like, sleeping in a corner in the bottom of the box or something. So she looks at them and like, I think you mean Larry, Moe, and Shirley. So she can tell, like, one of the dogs is minus a penis, so it's a female. Um, <laughs> okay, well, uh, whatever. So she just takes them to the back and... We do get a little bit of a montage of Wesley. The thing is, once you hand those puppies over, they are no longer your concern. You don't have a say in what happens to them. That is, they become property of the animal shelter. Because Wesley, at one point, is putting balloons up, putting a sign up, buy two, get one free, or buy one, get two free. And the lady is just like, you can't be here. You can't be doing this. this we have our own way of how we do things. Nowadays, she'd probably take them to, like, the PetSmart or the Petco and have, like, a free adoption day or something like that. So I'm going to play this clip. Well, I guess this is the animal shelter. That's right. You find some strays? Not exactly. See, my dog Spot met this other dog named Fifi, and they sort of got together. And they weren't in the family plan. Right. Anyway, this is Larry Moe and Curly. I think you mean Larry, Moe, and Shirley. <laughs> oh, well, I only found homes for two of them, and I figured maybe you could help with the rest. Well, we'll keep them as long as we can. And then what? Here. You fill this out, everything's explained on the reverse side. And uh, I'll make sure they get in a front cage so everyone will see. Thanks. Uh, can you give us a minute? Sure. Look. I know being at the animal shelter isn't that great, but it's going to work out, I promise. You know, whenever someone comes to look for a pet, do your puppy thing. You know, jump around, chase your tails, trip over each other. Oh, and one of you should pretend to be asleep in the food bowl. That always gets them. All set? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> See you around. So, Wesley says he found, found homes for two of them, but there's three left. And she's like, well, we'll keep them as long as we can. And then Wesley's like, well, and then what happens? And she kind of, like, brushes over the question, just kind of, like, bypasses it by just handing him, a, like, a sheet to fill out. Because saying he's surrendering the puppies to the animal shelter. And now, uh, he does, it's cute how he kind of says goodbye to them by saying, hey, just... Do your puppy thing, look cute, trip over each other, one of you fall asleep in your food bowl. People love that kind of thing. And you think because they're puppies, they'd go fast. But unfortunately, I mean, the lady sounds helpful at first. She's like, don't worry, I'll put them in a front cage so everybody will see them. So we do see a little bit of a montage that sounds like the theme to Roseanne because it's like the old blues harmonica. And you see Wesley there. Like, trying to talk up these people into adopting these puppies, or a puppy. And I think eventually, the lady who kind of is running the place, eventually says, 
you can't be interfering with this. This is not your job. That is what I'm supposed to be doing. You dropped them off. You gave, you basically signed away the lives of these puppies. So, I guess the people moved to, like, the older adult dogs, which maybe they don't want the hassle of having a small puppy, or maybe they just have a particular breed in mind. Wesley comes in on a different day because he's wearing a different shirt, asks if the puppies, you know, if anyone's brought any home or taken any, and the lady's on the phone like, no, no, no. And a guy's taking, like, a beagle-looking puppy, or puppy, um, a dog home. Everyone's adult dogs, apparently, and Wesley's just kind of there. Which, I mean, what can she say? Like, you can't come here anymore, you can't be interfering with people picking out dogs. I mean, the lady is caring. I mean, Wesley's just kind of kneeling there by the puppy's cages, and she kind of, like, pats him on the head. Like, don't worry, buddy. I'm sure someone eventually will come along and get the puppies. So this is where Wesley hangs some balloons on the puppy's animal shelter cage and also puts a three-for-one sale. And the lady, the lady comes in and she just kind of shakes her head like, this cannot be here. I'm sorry. You have to take it down. And at this point, I would think she'd be stepping in and saying, look, you're really, you got to stop interfering like this. It's fine if you want to come down, but you can't be doing this. So Wesley, of course, is like, hey, maybe, I was thinking maybe if we move him, like, down a ways to another cage, and the lady is like, I mean, she's being as polite as she possibly can with this boy, and she's, I mean, she's surprised she hasn't lost her temper, <laughs> just him hanging around there, and she's like, Wesley, we don't have any more time. Like, these puppies are taking up a cage for other animals, we're having animals come in all the time, and we need these cages. So that's when Wesley finally realizes that this is the shelter like these puppies are going to be put down. Like, we can't save all of them, unfortunately. We've, what they probably give them, what, like a week, a couple weeks, maybe three weeks tops. And then that's, if they can't adopt them, then it's like, well, we gotta, we gotta, unfortunately, like, put them down. It's, it's sad. It's like, I've never seen a show handle something like this where um a person has to give up some puppies that were unexpected only to find out like they had given them to a an animal kill shelter so this lady is just being polite it's like hey uh maybe they could because she's like i need this cage for other dogs that we have coming in it's like hey they're not very big they can share and she's going to the cage to open it, and he's like, what are you What are you doing to them? What are you going to do to them? Why are you opening their cage? And she's like, Wesley, I think you need to go home now. And I think Mr. Belvedere comes in eventually and is like, what's going on here? Because, you know, Belvedere, whenever there's a problem, Belvedere seems to be there to kind of offer his expertise and advice and smooth things over. So I'm going to play this clip. I like you, not the... Oh, it's you. Yeah, great so. You know, I was thinking, and uh, if we moved them, you know, down here, then maybe people would see Wesley, them when they... We don't have any more time. What do you mean? I mean, I have other dogs that need this cage. Well, they're not real big. You know, they could share it. Now, look, you know I kept them as long as I could. Now, what are you doing? Wesley, I think you should go home. What are you going to take them out of there Wesley, for? Wesley, please. What are you going to do, just drag them off somewhere and kill them? Oh, hello. Did I come at a bad time? Mr. Belvedere, what are you doing here? I found some clown who might adopt your puppies. Huh? Quickly, Lynn, quickly. I have a show in 30 minutes. This is Mr. Sigmund. You really are a clown. Right, kid. <laughs> Mr. Sigmund uses dogs in his act, and he's looking for some puppies that he can train to take over for the older dogs. 
Are these the puppies that you were telling me about? That's right. They're real neat, Mr. Sigmund. Well, I don't know. They look kind of runty to me. <laughs> Actually, they come from a very good bloodline, which is more than I can say for the people in the family. <laughs> oh, Spot. Here, boy. Spot! Wesley, why don't you have Spot show Mr. Sigmund some of his tricks? Spot, I know you just got out of the hospital. <laughs> but there's no one surely I'm counting on you. Mr. Sigmund sees how smart and clever you are. He may adopt your kids. And let's face it, they're the only kids you're ever going to have. He doesn't know how lucky he is. <laughs> Say the dog has the boy rather well trained. Hmm? Oh, I'm in this deep. What the heck? Just like my wife. Does he play dead too? Well, what do you think, Mr. Sigmund? Will you stop talking me, huh? Okay, okay, I'll take up. Thank you, Mr. Sigmund. Uh, don't mention it. Just a few forms to fill out. Oh, I knew we'd find homes for him. Thanks, Mr. Governor. Yes. Well, I suppose they're luckier than most. Honestly, oh my gosh! He's like, what are you gonna do? Drag them off somewhere and kill them? And that's when Belvedere comes in like, uh, hello? <laughs> he knew that things were getting heated. I think he needed, Wesley needed to know what was gonna happen to the puppies. It was like, just give him a minute to hash this out. And then, you know, Belvedere can make his appearance. So Wesley's like, Mr. Belvedere, what are you doing here? And Belvedere says, well, I found someone to adopt your puppies. Like, I found a clown to adopt your puppies. And this guy comes in dressed in, you know, clown makeup. He's got a hula hoop. And he's like, quickly, Lynn, Lynn quickly. I have a show in like 30 minutes. So Mr. Belvedere tells Wesley that Mr. Zygmunt here uses dogs in his act and he's looking for some, you know, more dogs. And Belvedere did tell him the type of trick that Spot could do. So Spot demonstrates and pretty much they're like, hey, look, if he can do it, then his three puppies can do it too. Which the trick is basically jumping through a hula hoop. The hula hoop's not going to be on fire, is it? Because I would definitely have concerns there. Those puppies better be staying in your trailer, sir. I like this sweet moment between Wesley and Spot where he explains, like, look, um, Mr. Sigmund might adopt your kids and you really need to help them out. I mean, think about it. I mean, they're pretty much now the only kids you're ever going to have. And it's, it's just, oh, it's such a sweet moment. So the dog they got for Spot here, really, it's like Wesley really, you know, shows him the tricks of lay down, sit, you know, sit, roll over, you know, turn around and all that stuff like that. But of course, can he jump through a hula hoop? So Mr. Zygmunt makes a joke about his wife, like, oh, can I play dead too or something like that? And it's just, it's really cute. And I like how well the dog is trained here. And I just, I kind of wonder if Bryce Beckham, if he, he's got to be a dog fan, right? He's got to like dogs, right? I mean, I know we've only seen Spot in like a couple of episodes, you know, this one and the one where they bring him onto the show and then maybe another episode or something like that. But I'm just kind of curious. What was his relationship with Spot? Or what's the dog's name in real life? Spot is just so adorable. So Belvedere says, you know, the puppies do come from a good bloodline and everything. I mean, you saw him did the tricks and Spot jumps through the, the hula hoop and everything like that. So Mr. Sigmund does agree to take the puppies on and train them to replace the older dogs. 
Which, of course, he probably would have to train them quite a bit, and then that way, once they get to be of age, I mean, and the other ones eventually need replacing out, the puppies will already be, you know, dogs at that point. They'll be already trained in what they need to do. So, the animal control officer does take uh, Mr. Sigmund to fill out some forms for the puppies, and... Wesley does thank Mr. Belvedere, like, thank you, Mr. Belvedere, I don't know what we would have done if you hadn't come and everything, and I like what Belvedere says, and it is a, a sad realization, it's like, well, these puppies are luckier than most, most may not get the opportunity to be adopted out, and they probably will be put down. Now we gotta finish up this whole chair bit. They tried the best to put it together, and it looks like a pile of shit. Um, Belvedere does pay them five dollars, because he made the check out to both of them. He's like, it's fair, I insist. And then Kevin's like, five dollars? Like, yeah, that's what you paid for it. Enjoy, each enjoy that two dollars and fifty cents you're getting. <laughs> so of course, let's hear what Mr. Belvedere has to say about the end of this episode, and what he's learned. Uh, before we get to Mr. Belvedere, also he does uh, apologize and it reveal that he was the one to sit in Penelope the chair before Kevin did. Thus, it was not Kevin's fault that it broke. So here is the clip for Mr. Belvedere finishing up the episode. Just, you know, what he's got to say. After coming face to face with the sad plight of unwanted pets... Wesley has begun to urge all of his friends to have their dogs and cats spayed or neutered. Spot is living proof that it makes for a happy and healthy pet. Wesley, get down here. Spot buried Grandma Hubnagel's teeth. <laughs> it's nice to see he hasn't lost any of his old charm. I like that Wesley is now going around making sure people are spaying and neutering their pets. Kind of like how Bob Barker would later uh, finish out the price is right at the end of the episode always saying spay and neuter your pets which is very important i really liked this episode honestly um if i had to give it i'd give it i'd give it four out of five teacups it's amazing it's been so long since i've done a podcast episode and i checked when i first started covering this episode was way back in july wow <laughs> Um, but yeah, four out of five. The only, the only reason I knock a point off is for freaking Kevin and Heather, that stupid chair they don't give a shit about. Um, but just, I thought it was funny. Spot and the puppies. Wesley learning a hard lesson about what happens when you don't neuter your dog. It doesn't matter if he gives you the look, you fix him. Um, also... You know, the, the harsh realization that not all, all puppies that go to the shelter, I mean, if you send them to a shelter that is a no-kill shelter, or is not a no-kill shelter, sadly, that sometimes that's what happens. But usually it seems like puppies, aren't they usually the ones that get adopted first a lot of the time? Or maybe it just depends on the person. They don't want the whole hassle of having a puppy, which a lot of the people that pass the puppies in this episode kind of seem to have that ideal like they didn't want all the excuse me <clears throat> it's after midnight so um <laughs> they didn't want all that that mess of that but wesley learned a hard lesson like yeah if lynn's or mr belvedere's friend from the circus had to come those puppies most likely would have been put in put down and um 
I just like how the episode tied up with now Wesley is going about and encouraging people to spay and neuter their pets. And, you know, uh, spots up to his old tricks, I guess. What did he take, like, Grandma Hoffnagel's dentures? You know, the Hoffnagels that we never see? Those ones? Yeah. Um, Belvedere Biscuit Bites. I'm going to honestly go with, yes, when you get a pet, spay and neuter them. It is much safer. Um, London was, like, three and a half. I finally had no choice. I had to get him fixed. His just, he was constantly trying to grab my ankles and it was funny because when I had my rabbit Alfie I had done him, gotten him taken care of when he was a year and a half why I waited so long was just, I don't know but um when we went away and London was doing that to Jeremy's mom apparently London only went after me and Jeremy's mom never went after Jeremy but um, I went to take him in, and he had to lick up a respiratory infection we had to fix before we could get him taken care of. But now, no more circling my legs, no more trying to trip me, grab my legs, and all that stuff. And just like, ugh. Yeah, you think dogs are just as bad? Rabbits are like, whew, I can see why they procreate so fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, it's safer for them. You know, there's a lot of links to um, possibly if they're not fixed, they could get cancer. Um, with certain breeds of dog, I believe, like Goldens, they say you're supposed to wait like a year to two years maybe, depending, so that way their bones could fully be developed and the rest of them, uh, they get everything that they need. Because if they don't, they can develop problems down the road or something, something to that effect. But um, yeah, like I said. Oh, my goodness gracious sake. Um, like I said, I, I, I love any episode that has an animal in it. Um, I know it's been a long time since I covered a Mr. Belvedere episode. I'd like to maybe get in at least another one or two this year. I know that's not really on my high priority list anymore. Just because it feels like I've covered a good chunk between seasons. I think I covered all of season one except for, because there's only seven episodes. Um, I covered a handful of season two, three, and four, and just, I mean, you heard the quality in the clips. They were just, they were from someone's television um, back when the show aired. Um, they weren't the best quality, so, and, I mean, the only other episode I might do from season five or six, can't remember which one, it's the one where Heather goes to a dance with a guy and he ends up almost trying to rape her. I just wanted to play that because that is an episode that I don't think there were many episodes that focused on girls almost being raped on television sitcoms. That's a serious issue. Much like this one here was also a serious issue when it comes to um, taking care of your pet, unwanted litters, and stu um, stuff like that. And just the realization that sometimes overcrowding animal shelters have to put animals but I thought like majority of animal shelters are now becoming no-kill shelters which is good so and people are you take an animal from the animal shelter it is going to be fixed when I got um, my dog Delilah back when I was 13 from the animal shelter we had to sign a form that says we would get her fixed and then bring proof of that of her being fixed like a week or two later like they want you on top and now it's like you, you, the adoption fee is so high because you're paying for them to already be fixed and everything else. So, all right, guys. Um, 
Yeah, I will be back later with a special Full House episode on Sunday. You can probably guess what the episode is just by the fact that it's going to be out on Sunday, which is also another big happening that's going on on Sunday. Um, I also am going to be covering the TV movie Captive from 1991 starring Joanna Kearns and John Stamos and Barry Bostwick. I just thought with Joanna Kearns from Growing Pain, she's celebrating a birthday, February 12th, I thought. I've been wanting to cover this movie for a while, and being I do both the Growing Pains podcast and Full House, I thought that would be a good mix. Granted, this is going to be only available on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. So, All right, everyone, have a great February, since it is now officially February 1st. And if you want to wish my rabbit London a happy fourth birthday, I'm sure he would love it. All right, bye-bye, everyone.